bird song. We haven't really done a day podcast yet. Never. Have no bird. Our record with sober podcast has not been great. And this is sober and daytime. So buckle up. <laughs> so you're sober, are you? Oh my gosh. I, I didn't realise. I missed the... You've been drinking since how long? I haven't been drinking. You haven't? Do you want a tea? No. A dirty chai latte. Tea relaxes me too much. And <laughs> I'm not myself. You're already wrapped in a cocoon of tuna. I feel like I'm more myself when I'm drunk. And when I'm, like, drinking tea. I don't even know that guy. You know you know those uh, red flags that we've talked about sometimes? Like I only feel like myself racing. when I'm drunk is probably one of those... <laughs> Probably one of those alarm bells going off. Tease for cunts. <laughs> oh, God. We, we, we've been improving in terms of our general palatability to mainstream audiences. Or worsening, depending on your perspective. Mainstream audiences. Mainstream audiences. I want to be as popular as Hamish and Andy. Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be as popular as a Coldplay interview on Hamish and Andy. Hamish and Andy are the Coldplay of podcasting. That's, I don't know. That's, that's actually probably true. Is it? That's probably true. That is quite yeah. true. I just said it. But you were correct, out. so that's all right. Um, well, that's <clears> enough <throat> rambling. I think I've I've got the agenda here, and we've done 55 bars, so that's our typical introduction. And now... Running joke, that one. Everyone who's been listening from the start will be like, oh, yeah, the bars thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mention what chord we're in, though, so save that for later. Uh, welcome to Deep Fort. This is a... Thinky talky podcast with comedic depths and also crevices. Yeah, crevices. Highs, highs and lows. Sort of worrying crevices. Uneven terrain of depth. You need sort of hucking boots, but also a snorkeler's mask. <laughs> uh, this we talk questions. Uh, we apologise for last week. It was. I don't apologise. You were quite apologetic. To you, you no. wrote me a card. I thought that was a little excessive. <laughs> My sympathy. Oh. <laughs> so you are drunk or you're not drunk? I just can't say the word sympathy. Well, you're saying that word very well. No. <laughs> That's good. Um, we fixed up the audio this week, hopefully. Oh, famous last words. But uh, this should be more listenable, um, if not more interesting. So our topic this week is. What is the future going to look like in the next hundred years? Next hundred years. Do We've do done a, a little bit do of you future. Do you want to do hundred years? Do you want to do later? We can. We will start with a hundred. I think hundred is more interesting because when it's closer. Sci- when the, we're going to get you there. see like sci-fi movies or predictions of the future, they're always mm. like people always overshoot what the future is going to be like. The future will not. Yes, but at the same time, though, I wonder if that's going to be, continue to be the case. It will because be because. Moore's law says that we're going to improve our technology every 18 months, like doubling every 18 months. It's exponential growth. So surely at a certain point, someone will do a movie which predicts the future and gets it right. Yeah. That'll be fun. And maybe also because, like following that line, um, because we've only had like the technology, we're at the like the, the curve at the start. Um, you know, from like the, the very the flat and of the, the exponential yeah, and curve, it, and it's, as it starts to get, yeah. yeah. So maybe, yeah. But the other, the, the hard thing will still be, I mean, the technology stuff is to an extent predictable because we know where we're gonna, we know the direction that we're heading with that sort of thing. But the thing that they never quite seem to get right, except in very few instances, is the nature of our society in the future. 
like the cultural stuff. They always seem to have like these expectations about how we have a, as a race and as a um, species have, you know, surpassed where we are. And that stuff never seems to get there. Like we never quite get the cultural stuff right, even if we're guessing at things that might eventually be technologically yeah. achievable. I think her was the close. Oh, you haven't seen. I her. haven't. He's it's still. Her was the t- closest thing to that because it still had. It was the technology was the backdrop to the film. Yeah. Well, the one that wasn't that, a focus focal point. Yeah. The one that I was thinking of when when describing it was Children of Men. Children of Men did it really well. They also picked Near Future as well. I think it was like twenty thirty or something like that. So all the technology stuff was downplayed a little, but they critic they got the human stuff right. I think they got that sense of the fact that our humanity as a species is not going to change in thirty years. And when you present in that film the idea that it's dying off, you know, I think that was an accurate depiction of the way the world would turn in our general like fear levels and hysteria and hysteria. What's and that the other books that, that 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 guy's done? Other books. He's done. I didn't realize that was that wasn't a book, was it? Yeah, I think he's got. It was definitely a book. Really, yeah. and it was an adaptation. Yeah, and he's done a few kind of big ones as well. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that was one that like Alfonso Cuaron had written or co-written. I I don't think so. I don't know really. Yeah, you could be right. Um, another one, another film that was really interesting. I don't know if you saw it. There's one that kind of went under the radar. Was Robert and Frank? No, I was I, a, I was I was around when it was there. It was that was a really really cool film. You like that? Yeah. That I was the one with with um, Frank Langella. Thank you. Yeah. And you liked that a lot. It's uh, it was so it was very it was bubbly, wasn't it? Kind of. It was about an old man, like um, and a robot yeah. dealing with technology. Who was the voice of the robot? Uh, I don't know. It was a familiar voice, I thought. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Probably Kevin Spacey. <laughs> he does all the good robot voices. Oh, yeah. Moon was a fucking great film. Yeah. Um, yes. So, in terms of the future, then in the next hundred years, let's 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 just uh, choose like a couple of areas. Okay. Now you said education. Yeah, I would like to talk about education. Go for it. Education so, in the next hundred years. The kind of our understanding of what helps people learn will improve, obviously. So I think I think this is probably like common knowledge or a common at least idea that the idea of rote learning and testing mm-hmm. or learning to learning, learning how to do the test rather than learning. The and then be yeah. on. I think that that will definitely change. I don't certainly really got to hope so. Like I, education is is a really interesting one because that really is going to change, and we already know that that doesn't work particularly well. Like that whole concept of you teach to the test yeah. is Learning so how fucked to study. up. Um, and rather than instilling the joy of of uh, uh, exploration like or curiosity the joy of curiosity has been lost in in most education and i've seen a few um, various things over the years um, talking about how mathematics can be a really interesting and um, engaging uh, topic to understand if you don't teach it like it's um, uh, like like when you try and teach people uh, maths that is now so uh, worthless in most people's day-to-day lives because they can just use a calculator. That sort of fundamental stuff. Like, obviously, people need to know how to count and, and all that kind of stuff. 
but for a lot of people, they will never have to actually use that maths day to day. And there, I saw a really interesting video explaining um, how you can use it as almost like a problem solving tool or as like a language. You teach it like a language of um, thought and the way that you approach um, you, the way you approach it is more like a, um, I guess, more like a a, a a tool for everyday life rather than a thing that you just have to absorb, you know, um, and, and and showing students how they can use it rather than explaining why it's important, you know, rather than just trying to push it into their heads. I want you know this kind of um, push that you feel in school a little bit that you know you should find one thing that you're good at right yeah um now it, it does kind of happen that that you should find something that you're good at like you know you but in order to find you that thing that you have anyway. to you yeah. kind of have to show like a, a kid yeah give them all the things and then really pursue the thing that you're good at yeah um but that, that I, that's a tricky and that's the thing which i think unis are skewing a little bit more to these days where they're giving, particularly in the first couple of years, a lot of options for um, uh, like elective subjects so that they can pick. Like you're asked as a 17-year-old to choose the direction of your life. You know, what, what uni degree do you want to do? And thus, where do you want to be in 60 years' time? You know, like that, that's an incredible thing to ask of someone to know, especially, especially when the things... Especially a 17-year-old. Yeah, especially when, you know, how do I know as a 17-year-old, having come through school, having had zero contact with any of these things how do i yeah. know if i want to do nanotechnology or, and I, or I also, microbiology i would or... be suspicious of kids that do know like because i feel like those kind of people that are so focused then they're maybe not looking outside that uh, I, I don't i was jealous of people that knew what they wanted to do i was jealous only because those i imagine those, parents, those kids had their parents off their back and i was jealous of the fact that they didn't have this kind of pressure but i'm sure they did that's yeah. probably how they got to that point yeah um, but I, I don't think i think i'm sure that some people just do know what they want to do from a young age and and you know a lot of people say oh i want to be a vet well some of those people that say oh i want to be a vet still want to be a vet six years later you know yeah. um like i don't think that's invalid but speaking of like the development of this education like i think there is going to be the time has passed it, which is kind of a strange thing to say. The time of having to know things is on the way out because yes. things like the internet make knowledge um, retention uh, less important than it once was. I'm and glad you brought this up. I was having this precise conversation with um, James Packer uh -huh. uh, the other day and we were talking about, um, you know, he was saying that people are remembering less because they remember in kind of short kind of instances with the internet. Yeah. Like... And um, I was arguing that the difference between uh, actually reading it off, a, off Paper, the internet yeah. and knowing it is not that much or it's not that important. He, he argued then that um, because they're not really understanding it, but I think you, you understand yeah, the things so that you're the, interested in anyway. This is what I think it's going to pivot towards. It's going to go from knowledge retention and this is where it should head, in my opinion, where education needs to go. It needs to be, again, a tool of engendering in kids uh, curiosity about the world and a set of problem-solving methods. So the, so the, the, the teaching is not going to be, tell me what, uh, you know, in what year did 
Hitler start World War Two. You know, it's not going to be that thing because that's the kind of knowledge that anyone will be able to literally in literally today you can speak into Siri and get that answer back. Yeah. You know, like that's that information having that in your head is not going to be as important unless what you do day to day requires you to know that information in your head. But how, how's but it going to dif- how's it going to change in the classroom in twenty years time when kids are having. When you when you're buying Google Glass as part of your itinerary for school, yeah, and the, the teacher's asking questions and they're like but just th- scanning. But this is the thing. So what 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 it needs to pivot towards is is problem solving processes. Yeah, and that's the, the the idea of okay, here's a scenario. Here's 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 a thing which is going to be either real world applicable or you know in the educational framework like a hypothetical that you might be asked one day. Yeah. How do you, how are you going to work this out? And that that kind of thought process is a a lot more satisfying to someone, I think, to have solved, you know, rather than being able to regurgitate information. That's not satisfying. That's just recall and that sort of thing. It's the satisfying thing of learning is getting through a problem and having found an answer, you know. And so teaching that process of, okay, so I don't know this, so what do I do? I do know my math, so I I can work out that the rate of this is going to be, you know, there's going to be 30 liters coming out of this jug or whatever, and the cylinder is this kind of volume, and so and that, like that sort of thought, yeah. the problem-solving thing, yeah. the idea of mm. I know what the question is, how do I go about answering it? Mm. Um, where do I find this information? Where do I, what tools do I turn to? That kind of perspective in education is going to be really valuable, and is also going to, I think, help those kids in the real world. A lot more. Yeah. And I think that's a good point as well because almost the assumption is when we're talking about, you know, um, just being able to find up the answers on the internet, you know, in, it's it's with the assumption that, you know, the quest, the teacher's asking who wrote Great Expectations or something, mm. you know, uh, but understanding what, what kind of uh, potions go into a beaker, clearly I did not do science. <laughs> um, um, when we're doing alchemy and we're trying to create gold, yeah, what potions do we call it? Like Eye of Newton, that sort of thing. Okay. I don't know if you were telling a joke then or if that was <laughs> you really a think real we thing. Dealt, we really um, think we dealt with Eye of Newt I don't know, in science man. class? It's all like a bit of a... <laughs> it's a bit of a blur. A bit of a blur. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think understanding processes and things like that. And, and like, you know, like maths equations. and Yeah. Like, you, you, could, you could scan that on, you know, Google, oh, scan that on Google. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Should no, I know what you meant. Yeah. You, you, um, that kind of stuff is going to be um, able to be done for you. You'll be able to speak onto your speak at your computer like a complicated thing, and it will just spit out an answer to you. Yeah, just by the nature of the technological advancement. Education to catch up with that is going to move so slowly. It's a big, it's, it's really, a huge boulder, really and yeah. it's, it's just really going to take. I mean, so the long idea that we still do handwritten like exams like by hand and these are people that will never write another paragraph by hand after they've finished like university or school they'll never just you will never need to do it again and that's still the way that they do it you know it is a very very slow moving things but the um my cousin is a teacher um so in fact you might have some awareness of this because of your parents as well but the um there is she teaches a french teacher and there's this really interesting new program that they're doing, and I forget the name of it, but it's an entirely different way of teaching a language, which is all about associations with gestures. So one of the complicated things of learning 
a lot of the European languages and also French in particular is um, the idea of words having genders. So, you know, we just say the cup and it doesn't matter. Um, like it's just neutral. But in French, you have like a le and a la, a masculine and a feminine form. And every word has a gender. Oh, really? And so you have to say the right the for the noun of the thing. Okay. Right? Um, which makes it complicated because you're not even just learning a noun anymore. You've got to remember whether that noun is masculine or feminine. And so then when you would you know, speak it in a sentence, you use the right gender of um, prepositions around it. Um, and that's a complicated thing to teach kids and not something that really is intuitive to pick up unless you're just a natural-born speaker. Right. So this, um, this program that they've now started doing has tied in the idea of almost muscle memory into the um, into learning and, and and we've always known that um, associating like you know how they say you know write when you write it out yourself your brain recalls it better than just having the like information spoken at you that's because there's some sort of link between the physical engagement of doing it and the the, the memory part of your brain and so what this program has done is done is associated the whole sort of spectrum of um, really um, fundamental um, French words and that sort of thing and, and I think there's like Spanish and that sort of thing with physical real world gestures so for all the masculine words they do like they put a finger above their lip like a moustache and all the feminine words they like brush their hair over their ear right That's and so then it is sexist but at the same time it's ingenious because then they get into a rhythm of speaking with you know they say you know Hitler Hitler and enjoyed a cup of tea you know or, um, but like they do an associated I thing wish with it was like like, <laughs> like cupping boobs cupping boobs for the female <laughs> yeah. and no. like for the for the for the guy it's like jerking Just off jerking like off. Danny McBride kind of jerking <laughs> off and coming on her face <laughs> la croissant <laughs> oh god uh, yeah um, but yeah anyhow so they've They've tried, to, like, that's a really interesting, that's like a, a next generation thing of learning where, you know, that when my um, aunt teaches, you know, second or third grade um, French, um, like a new noun for, um, for them to learn, they do it with a, a uh, masculine or feminine gesture and then like a substitute for the noun. And then it's just like ingrained in them so that, by the time they come to actually having to write that out or speak that out, the muscle memory is associated there already, and they have an instinctual no like idea of what the um, the the gender of the word is. You know, uh, that's interesting. I was I was thinking when you were rambling about the French teacher um, that um, it's I find it fascinating sometimes that I can talk. Like, sometimes I'm just really proud that I know a language, which is English. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, like I could never learn an English now, a, a language. <laughs> are you sure that you've got... <laughs> are, you sure you, are you sure you've got a handle on it now? <laughs> like, I'm st there's still some area for improvement, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but sometimes better. I'm just really like, I know English. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, but, I mean, we, we barely know... Like I, I, I couldn't say that we know more than like half of English, really. Like I know a number of words and stuff that we never even encounter in our day to day lives, you know. But we we can use it. 
as yeah. much as we need, pretty much. True. But, like, you could be presented with English words and not know what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about... No, just it's kind day. of fascinating that people can talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, and that you never... You can't recall learning English. No. I just... It's like I just was born with that. I was yeah. Like, Thanks. Thanks, parenting. Thanks, Allah. Uh, no. I'm a Muslim now. You're a Muslim. Yeah. An English-speaking Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, the... What? That's a thing. <laughs> no, I do. I wasn't meant to imply that <laughs> most Muslims don't speak English. I just meant that they were the two things that you described yourself as in in quick succession. You gotta watch it. I place a fat one on you. So religion. Well, the <laughs> yes. So we we talked a bit about education. Um, what let's was talk the about o- like flying cars now? No, let's not. I I don't want flying cars. Oh God! Have you seen? <laughs> I Can know you what answer that it? Is. Answer it. That's an international. No, I think I know what that is. What is it? I think that might be an SBS thing. Nick's phone's ringing. Answer it. Balls. Do we have to answer pause it. it for the? First no, time? don't pause it. Don't pause it. We're back. Oh Jesus! This is. What was that? Well, I, I, I Sorry, thought it might have been... Sorry, just to give... I, I apologise. Nick just paused the podcast, which is the first time we've ever... Okay, I know I wanted to restart once. <laughs> but Not Nick just wanted, actually just, did restart What once. just happened? Why, why you just heard an editing glitch? That's going to be seamless. No one will even notice that, I well, guarantee. I'm addressing it. Okay. Nick, uh, Nick's paused the podcast to answer a phone call from a telemarketer. It was NAB. They wanted to speak to me about my banking options. But it was interstate, and so I, I thought it might be something more I exciting. I kind of wanted to hear it. Well, I did hear it. You did. You were here. I wanted them to hear it. It was really interesting. Uh, it wasn't, though. No. Um, you wanted to talk about flying cars. No, I didn't really. All right, so we talked about education. Changed my mind. Changed my mind. Next hundred years. What about medicine? Mm, that's boring. That's boring? Really? That's boring to me. You don't care about medicine what even today. About um, food. That's okay. Yeah, food. Mm-hmm. Okay, you go. I started with education. I know. Check the tapes. Okay, get it. Check the tapes. All right. And so I'm thinking along the lines of fast food. What's fast food gonna be like? Will it? Will health? Will food get healthier? Uh, because we. I know it doesn't seem like your instinct is to kind of think that our food will get more unhealthy because that's the way it's going. But I think the understanding of health and stuff will kind of trickle through to food and it will get healthier. But see, we're also, you also come crashing up. Like in the next hundred years, we're going to have another two billion more people or something like that, right? So we're going to come crashing up against the resources crunch where we're not going to have enough food for everyone. We already don't have enough food for everyone, but we're, we're going to have a not enough for first world countries problem. And then, okay. then you start to have issues... Of okay, so we can have healthy food, and there were, that's not going to go away. There will still be that, um, you know, tiny Adelaide Hills organic greengrocer thing, which you can get your zucchinis from if you have the money. But in terms of just a a, a base, a mean, like where the average is, I think just due to the cost of it and the decrease in. Um, you know, available space for all this kind of stuff, plus the worsening climate, um, the average food is mm. is going to either stay the same, but the bottom end is going to get worse. Would you say you're optimistic or 
pessimistic about the future for humanity? I don't think humanity is going to completely extinguish itself. Do you think it's going to work out all right? Like, it's not eventually. No, I mean I've, there will be humans for the next. Do you think this is a pretty good time millennia. to live? This is the best time any human being has ever lived before. Now I don't know if that's necessarily true. It's definitely true. Well, in terms of uh, survival, yeah, average health, average wealth, average happiness though. Yep, everything uh, like in by just about every metric this is the golden age this is the greatest that humans have ever had it okay the trouble is that not that's not equally distributed all right so when do you think it, that will drop off that's an interesting question i don't know is it implicit that it will get worse no well you you sound a little pessimistic about the future but i i would call myself a pessimist in every other respect but i am weirdly optimistic um for humanity i really think that humans will work it out i think that this is going to sound probably naive and also um disingenuous my gut reaction was to say well once all the um climate change denying like 60 year old christian bigoty kind of generation disappears or dies off then the world would be a better place. But I'm sure they said that about them, their fathers and that sort of thing. And every generation is more progressive and, and that sort I of thing. I think it is at least trending towards that, though. Yeah, I, I think, think that's... The, the, I think that every generation is more progressive than the last. Mm. But the... I don't know, the expectation... Which, which also begs the interesting question of where are we going to be the bigoted... Um, yeah, what 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 is what are we going to? What will be our against? kids hate us for? Yeah, um, well, the, um, it's got to yeah, be climate, climate change. But yes, um, but, but in I, terms of our like social stuff, would you? Okay, okay. Uh, here's here's oh no, oh okay, oh, okay. You say it first. All right, I'll say good. it first. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be. I think the next next kind of ethical thing will be with animals and the killing of animals for food. Oh, okay. That's I think, interesting. So you know, we've had race. Uh, it's all about equality for everything. I think that's what that's where Wait, ethics so... will go. And I think uh, animals uh, will be seen on almost the same kind. Well, at least their their um, status uh, will be raised to the point where if we can if we can grow artificial stakes, we should. If you can, if you can, in a in a lab, produce biologically identical. Um, Originally identical beef, like grown in a lab rather than killed off an animal. Yeah. Why I, shouldn't we? Well, I think I think we've talked about this before. Maybe I don't know on the podcast. Not, or not on the podcast. Though. But I think it, that I think that will happen. This is my prediction for the future. Yeah. Um, well, we'll probably have to. And then there'll be a, like a kind especially of, as uh, we're talking about for the demand just to feed everyone. It's going to have to be lab grown stuff. But then the other thing will be there'll be a black market for real kind of steaks. Well, that's assuming it becomes illegal. I have to assume I that we we'll still have. Illegal. I think we have to assume that we'd have humane ways of killing animals still. I don't more th- humane. I think we'll get to a point where we won't kill animals, or we think it's ethically. No, wrong. I don't think that's going to change. Well, I do. Well, I don't. What should we do? Let's have a brawl. Let's flip a coin and see who's right. <laughs> that's the way it works. Um, no, I, well, I, I just think, I think that some of the outrage against um, the treatment of animals is absolutely valid. You know, you see the way that we cram like chickens into big fucking farms of like a twenty thousand chickens just shitting on themselves, and that sort of thing. I think that kind of stuff will be 
pressured out of existence. But I don't think that there will ever come a stage where the idea of killing a living thing is suddenly prohibited for me. You know, I think that we're, that's just too we're carnivores. I think that's too ingrained. Even like there'll there'll be some sort of humane. You know, the science of of killing things will get better as well, and there'll be a humane option of like an instant gas thing where they just you know just painlessly go yeah and that will become the de facto standard Mm. for that kind of thing but i don't think that even even in a society that's more green and more you know i don't know humane focus despite you know talking about animals but like the yeah i know what you mean i don't think you can get rid of that desire and I think you there will be for many years skepticism about the health of the lab grown field. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, but you. That's assuming we get it to a point where it's safe. Yeah, of course. But there, like, there's going to be a transition period. That way, you could period. kind of almost eradicate like food poisoning and um, you know, you know, what's that chicken disease? Salmonella. Salmonella. <laughs> Which really should be the disease you get from eating salmon. <laughs> Come on, science! What are you doing? Should be good. Yeah. So, all right. So you hour. think that that our parents confuses me. <laughs> well, it's not only it's a fact. It's not only in okay. Never mind. Not only a chicken thing. The um, the you think our kids will stare at us and be like, Dad, I can't believe you still eat like real grown meat. Well, I think like a real chicken. It's very it's way too hard to say, but I think I think you got to think about the lines of uh, equality and you know, you know, racism, uh, sexism. I don't know, but maybe, maybe. Um, Can I say like, the one that I was going to bring up, okay. um, which you may have been verging on then, um, like killing hu- off the old. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. But well, uh, I, we can talk about that one though. Okay. But um, uh, uh, like the idea of um, relationships between robots and humans. <laughs> Why is that funny? No, that's what I was going to say. It was what you were going to say. The idea of like your daughter bring home like a like a nice robot she met on the town. <laughs> what? That's... Yeah, I'd be okay with it as long as it's not a black robot. Yeah, I don't know how to follow that up, but the um, like that there are already like people experimenting on the fringe of things with like what do they call like robosexuality or something like that where they're like having physical relationships with machines mm-hmm. and then I think when the that was a creepy mm-hmm. 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 keep talking and uh, but I think like as artificial intelligence becomes more and more um, a vivid um, uh, passable you know replacement for a human you know like realistic in that sense um there will be inevitably that sort of um what's that uh uncanny valley sort of thing where eventually we'll hit a point where people will be able to have you know relationships and things with an artificial intelligence i don't think that's a necessarily like a like a social movement that would happen no i'm not i'm not well it depends because assuming that we get to Assuming that we get to a point where artificial intelligence is no, we're, we're intelligent. talking about things that our kids will blame us for. 
I thought I thought you said hate us for, not blame us for. And they might hate us if we were like, well, you okay. can't, you no, can't, yeah, I do mean don't, ha- don't have a relationship with a fucking robot. Go meet a real guy, you know. Okay, so we'll, yeah. But we'll you be, mean blame we'll have, us for. We'll have fuddy-duddy attitudes towards if, it. Yeah, if you want to have, um, if you want to talk what they're going to blame us for, I think um, uh, bacterial resistance, like over-treatment of, um, of uh, using antibiotics on things, which is cause them all to mutate. And like that's that's already scary right now, um, mm. the amount of pesticides and things we put into the thing, which are uh, which all the bugs are becoming superbugs because they're growing immune to it, and that's going to really fuck some shit up. Mm. And we know about that already, and that's gonna that's gonna have serious consequences. Okay. Uh, how much time we got? That's about thirty three. That's a good amount of. Do you have one other thing you wanted to cap off with? Yeah, I thought we should end on a happy note. Okay. And kind of. I thought that was vaguely happy. Just uh, talk. We should discuss what we think is going to kill humanity. What's going to be? What's going to be the thing that does it? <laughs> but that that you you said you expected to go on forever, and we're talking the next hundred years, aren't we? Uh, okay. No. Just what do you think will kill it? Well, because humans will die eventually. Hum- yes, but this, I think human species will cease to exist at some point. That's true. I think. Do you think we'll move to another will... planet before we die? Oh, sorry, yeah. No, do you think we'll be inhabiting another planet before we die? Absolutely, yeah. I don't think you should say that. No, definitely. What about disease? Are, have you not seen Contagion? Yes, I have. But no, I think I think we'll definitely be in it. That, that's all right. Um, I think. What? Well, well, I think it won't necessarily be that. Uh, we all like die off, but I think there will be like one last human, and that will either be because the next generation of them have. Um, we're at the verge of uh, genetic editing in people, so they will have basically customized themselves or be able to um, change their own DNA or their body parts, and there will be some sort of border there where the next generation is basically no longer a homo sapien in the way that we think of it, like biologically reproduced, but instead technologically augmented or, um, you know, with a brain connected to the great information network, internet sort of thing, plus biological altering and augmentation. And I think that will be the thing where humanity might be left behind only because as a species, we've moved into a new sort of technological framework. I think that's what my perception of humanity will be, that we will, we will surpass our biology, not that we will cease to exist due to some sort of disease or something. All right, what do you think would kill it? There are lots of things that can kill us. Just pick one. <laughs> I reckon that Earth will be destroyed by some sort of Comet? solar flare or asteroid or something. and yeah. There might be people floating around in space in other colonies, but I reckon there'll be quite a few... Like, you can't... There might be a point where they're like, ah, fuck it, Earth's too expensive to maintain. Is that um, history trip for school kids? Why don't we just, uh, rather than try and move the planet again, let's just let the asteroid hit it. Fuck it. Hmm. Interesting. What about you? You, th- you thought contagion? Uh, yeah. It's a deadly superbug. Yeah. So I guess the lesson is only wash your hands with soap and water. Don't worry about using all that antibiotic stuff. That's true, actually. Please don't. And wear a mask when you're in the city. Yeah. Just don't use antibiotics all the time, unless you really need them. That's a good point. Hmm. 
good note right. to end on. Good note. Ending uplifting. With, right. some, with some Never knowledge. Wash your hands. Education. Never wash your hands. Public service. No matter time. where you touch. <laughs> Anywhere. Anyway. Well, that's, uh, that's about it for this week. I think this one's a much more successful one. Um, even for a daytime one where only one of us was drunk. The, uh, you can find us on the website, deepfort.podbean.com. There's, there's views there. Thank you for everyone that goes to that site. That's nice of you. Um, we have the iTunes feed, which is awesome. Go to the iTunes store and search Deep Fort and rate us with some stars, but only positively. We don't need your negative I had feedback. an idea. I know you're doing a thing right now. I'm not. I had an idea mm-hmm. that from next week maybe... I'm going to come with at the end. At the end, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a different impression. Mm-hmm. Oh, week. thank you for reminding me. You no, have no, been no, prepared. No, week, no week, that's perfect. Thank you. That's a great segue. Thanks, Michael. I almost forgot about it. That's not why I brought it up. No, you have been saying for quite a while that you've been practicing <sighs> your Tom Hanks impersonation. In fact, last week you said that you had it, and I actually have switched the next... to Jerry Seinfeld. We're going with Tom Hanks. So, uh, thank you for. I was almost. I almost forgot. If you just let it be, I would have. Completely got to the end without reminder, but uh, I'll give you some space, um, and uh, in a few I'm seconds, gonna, we'll have, it's, you know, I'm just gonna do a thing. Just, uh, just take, just, just, shh, shh, well, just, just, well, shh, shh, just take a moment to center yourself. Well, Dorothy, no, I am Tom Hanks. Uh, I was in. Um, I'm, I'm a Hollywood actor. So. And so, when are you gonna do the impression? That was quite good. No, it wasn't. You don't have to say that. You you did the face, though. That was impressive. That was part of it. I've been working on my Jerry Seinfeld. Should I say that for next week? Go fuck yourself. What are you talking about? I'm Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) That's pretty. (laughs) I don't know which one of those is more distant (laughs) from, from the real thing. But that's an impersonation of you impersonating someone who's impersonating Jerry Seinfeld. It's like it's like Jimmy Fallon. It's um, <laughs> it's Chinese whispers. Next week, Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch. Uh, that's no. not a, even if you did an absolutely accurate Emil Hirsch. No one is going to turn around and say, "Oh wow, that's Emil Hirsch." But no one's going to say that wasn't Emil Hirsch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to tread the line. I'm just going to do um, the. Uh, the actors that know yeah, no. yeah do, do an impersonation of people who are unremarkable yeah yeah that's good um, alright well that's a good note to end on um, deepford at gmail.com um, yeah thanks a lot everyone peace